Well, good morning, church. It is so awesome to be here with you today. I love, love, love worshiping with my church family. I loved just being able to be in the congregation this morning and to be ministered to. Thank you, Andrew and Hannah. Thank you, worship team, for just worshiping with everything that you have, whether it be your instrument or your voice, your heart. I really, really appreciate that. And I just didn't want it to end when you got to the last song. I was like, no, I could go on and on. Um, This is my third time to speak this year, which is kind of not normal, but I'm very thankful to be able to speak to you, especially um, something like like thankfulness. That's something that just um, I try to live. It's just something that I don't want to say comes naturally to me, but um, something that I enjoy. But um, with it being my third time to, to speak, I do want to set the record straight real quick about one thing, and that is that this time we will not have air drums. I'm sorry. I know some of you have actually been practicing. And if you missed last time, then you really missed. We had the whole congregation doing Phil Collins in the air tonight, air drum solo. And it was awesome. But um, there will be no air instruments of any kind this morning unless the spirit so moves. But let's pray. God, we love you so much. Thank you, Lord, that you place laborers in our path, God, that you give us people that pray over us and encourage us, Lord, and help keep us on the road that you have placed us. God, I thank you for my church this morning, and I thank you for my friends. I thank you for my family. God, I thank you for you and your presence and your spirit, which is here today, Lord. Unveil to us what you would have us to learn, Lord. We thank you that you're an instructor, that you lovingly teach us. And God, we just pray that our eyes will be opened to you and all that you have. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, as you know, you may have missed it, and I'm not bitter at all, but you may have missed it, but Thanksgiving is this week, right? And I am a self-proclaimed Thanksgiving ambassador, okay? Because it seems like... Every year, earlier and earlier, the Christmas decorations start coming out. And now I love, I love what's happening in our lobby. And, you know, the week of, that's fine. That's fine. The day after Labor Day, that's just extreme. And, and I'm against it totally and completely. And I don't mean to sound like a Scrooge because I do love Christmas a lot. But I just feel sad for Thanksgiving. I feel sad for it a lot. And maybe I'm being dramatic but it seems to me like a lot of people treat Thanksgiving as a carpet up day in preparation for Black Friday and nothing else. Thank you. That was a joke. The first service was like, huh? And I was like, that was a joke. And then they're like, huh? that was funny. Okay. Thank you, Allison. Okay. Um, but, you know, and I do have a confession to make because this week I was in Target on Thursday I was just walking through thinking about how sad I was about Thanksgiving because honestly, there was like one little part of one shelf that had Thanksgiving stuff and it was already on clearance. Okay, that is not right. But I took advantage of that clearance. But anyway, um, so I was walking through and um, by the electronics department and I hear it, ching, 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 just hear the saver. And my head whipped around. And there was Christmas magic in my eyes and my heart raced. And I was like, stop it. Okay. It is not time. It is not time. Now, now it's, it's probably okay if you want to pull a few things out. But for me and my house, 
we are waiting till the day after. Okay, don't let that sway you at all, but that's just what we're going to do. But that's not the purpose of today's message. I'm not here to make you love Thanksgiving, the holiday. And I'm not here to encourage you to wait until the day after Thanksgiving to pull out your decorations. Um, That's not it at all. Because honestly, if we could keep the Christmas spirit all year round, I think that would be awesome, you know? And in the same way, I implore you to train your hearts to be full of thanks at all times. Looking around to find the extraordinary in the ordinary. Noticing, being content, grateful, and satisfied. So this message isn't about the holiday of Thanksgiving. It's about integrating and infusing the art of being thankful into our everyday lives. Um, Sometimes you have to really work at it. Sometimes it doesn't come easily. Even for someone who loves being thankful, there are days that are just normal. And it's really hard to find the extraordinary. But if we go to the word of God, it it, um, illustrates to us and actually commands us how we are to live. In 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 through 18, it says, Always be joyful. Never stop praying. Be thankful in all circumstances, for this is God's will. This is God's will for those of you who belong to Christ Jesus. Because we love God and we want to please him, we want to be in his presence, right? When we come into his presence, it says in Psalm 100 verse 4, Enter his gates with thanksgiving. Go into his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. If you want to be in the presence of God, you start by being thankful. Amen? Now, I don't think any of us set out to be unthankful. Surely not. But there is something that is just a sneaky little thing that creeps into our lives, the lives of those of us who seek to follow God. And that is expectation. An expectation will either make or break your resolve to be thankful. I mean, surely we should be expectant, but not entitled. Okay, do you see the difference there? Um, we, 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 we get these rights that we feel like we should have. You know, I'm going to plan out my life because I'm a Christian. Everything good should happen to me. So this is the way it's going to happen. And then next this will happen. And then next that will happen because that's my right. And then when that doesn't happen the way we think, then suddenly we have a really hard time being thankful. We did a Bible study um, this past semester. We did the Bible study Stuck by Jenny Allen, and it just ministered to me so much. And I feel like so many of us um, women were really um, just impacted by this study. But one of the things that she said, I think really go along with what we're talking about this morning. We're going to put it up there. Says we each have a picture of how our lives are supposed to be. If we build them just right later, we are so disappointed when it does not turn out like we planned. When we realize we tried to fill with other stuff, the spaces God knit for himself We hunger to the point of starving for him, and yet we still don't turn to him. I think that's so poignant when it says we build our lives, we build our lives just right. Like we build them, not allowing God 
to construct and build. So when they asked me, um, you know, what the title of my message was going to be so they could make that beautiful slide and everything, yeah, that one, Um, when they asked me what the title of my message was going to be, I just immediately, you know, I was like, the art of thankfulness. Then I hung up and I was like, why did I say that? Like, I didn't didn't know that that was going to be my title and I have no idea why at the time that I called it that. But the more that I organized my thoughts and kind of was hearing from God, it became clear to me. If you think about it, when we have little children or when we are children and we first start drawing things that adults can comprehend (laughs) what they are, when they move from being just scribbles on a page to something constructed, one of the first things that, um, that kids will draw is a house, right? And Therapists, psychologists, psychiatrists, they have a field day analyzing the way children build houses or draw houses. And they're like, oh, that door is left of center. There is something off in that child's life, right? Or like, that kid has no windows and no doors. There's something going on inside they don't want us to see. Thank God no one ever looked at mine because I can't draw a stick figure very successfully. So if they had looked at my house, they would have surely thought that there was something horrible going on in my life, which, you know, was not true at all. I just couldn't draw. But, um, (laughs) But when we think about the picture of our life and the picture of our thankfulness, our house of thankfulness that we draw with our lives, what does it look like? What materials are we building with? Put the rest of Jenny Allen's quote, and I love how she writes because she writes like a girl, run on sentences and lots of words. It says, while we compare and long and wait and ask and save and spend and flaunt and pretend and cry and whine and tear down and puff up and stare and wish and ignore and complain and demand and search and find, we miss something. We miss the most important thing. Maybe we miss the only thing. Well, I believe that that very important thing, that thing that we sometimes miss, but that is vital before you can even think of moving on to a thankful life, is yielding to the sovereignty of God. This is your foundation, the foundation of your little house that you're building, your art of thankfulness. You yield. And that is what you build on. We yield to his purpose. We yield to his will, his sovereignty, his ultimate goodness. And from there, if we do it right, if we really, really, really have a grasp of what the sovereignty of God means, then you can move on to have a true life of thankfulness. Romans 8.28 says, And we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose for them. But do we really mean that? I mean, do we believe that? Once you become a Christian, everything is supposed to go our way, right? I mean, that's the deal. Like, I'm hooking up with Jesus. Now everything's going to be cake because I'm with Jesus. But Jesus said in John 16:33, he said, here on earth, you will have Oh, wait, I love, I'm sorry, in my notes I didn't have this part, but I love this part. I have told you all of this so that you may have peace in me. I've told you all of this so that you may have peace in me. 
here on earth, you will have many trials and sorrows, but take heart because I have overcome the world. He wants us to have our peace in him, not our circumstances, not whether things go great or anything else. Which goes back to Romans 8.28. All things work together. He didn't say all good things work together. He said all things. God is so capable of taking all things. And the secret of a charmed life isn't having a charmed life. It's finding your peace in him. And I think that sometimes we edit our scriptures. I don't think we mean to, but, you know, we read it. And then we kind of craft our understanding of the scripture to fit how we feel about being hooked up with Jesus. Like, for instance, Colossians 4.2 says, devote yourself to prayer with an alert mind and a thankful heart. But sometimes we say in our head, we would never admit this out loud, but devote yourselves to prayer with an alert mind and a thankful heart if you feel like it. Because God knows me and he knows I've had a really bad day and he knows that I probably don't. I mean, he knows me. He knows my motives, right? It's okay not to feel thankful right now. First Chronicles 16.34 says, Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good and never lets anything bad happen to us at all. No, that's not what it says. It says, For he is good, his faithful love endures forever. And Second Corinthians 12.10 says, This is why I take pleasure in my weaknesses and in the insults, the hardships, persecutions, and troubles that I suffer for Christ. For when I am weak, then I am strong. And that verse tells me that he was living that in order to write about it. You know, he he was walking through insults, hardships, persecutions, and troubles. But when we're weak, then we're strong. And look, I know that bad stuff shakes down. You know, I know that we go through horrendously painful times, dark, dark days. I've, I've walked that. And there are some times that all you can do is say to God, someday, someday I'm going to be thankful for this. Right now, I can't see how you're going to take this incomprehensible pain and make it into something beautiful, but someday I will thank you. And I just tell you this in utmost humility and as much gentleness as I can. If you cannot make room for thankfulness in the midst of your darkest days, if you can't at least just make room for it, you are limiting the sovereignty of God. You're basically saying, God, I know you're God of all this, but right here, you dropped the ball. You're not God here. You're God for everybody else that's got it all going on, but for me, I'm in pain. And you're not God of that. And you're not in control of that. But if we can just make room for thankfulness in that, that will be our foundation for everything else. Henry Nouwen wrote, resentment and gratitude cannot coexist since resentment blocks the perception and experience of life as a gift. So the question remains, will I relate to my life with resentment because everything hasn't gone exactly the way I wanted it to? Or will I relate to my life with gratitude because God is sovereign. He's got me. He knows what's up. He knows what's coming next. 
hopefully we'll do it with gratitude. So we're, we're drawing a house today and I want you to use your imagination. So we just laid our foundation, which is the sovereignty of God, bending to his will, yielding to him, his purpose, his plans, no matter what. So there's our foundation. But think about your artwork. Think about your little thankfulness house. What does your foundation look like? And be honest. Is it this? Because you've had some earthquakes, you've had some explosions, and it's all cracked and all that. Or is it like you have a lot, you have your foundation, and then you have an empty space, and then you have your foundation? Because tough times came, and when those tough times came, you just kind of walked away from God because that wasn't part of the deal. Or is your foundation really thick and strong and able to take everything that you pile on top of it? Now, I grew up in the mountains of eastern Kentucky, and I want to put a picture up here. Look at that. Isn't that beautiful? That's my hometown right there. That little thing at the bottom, that's the football field that they just put in in July. It's turf, which I find hilarious because when I was in high school, it was like dirt. And so then they started winning and they got turf, which is beautiful. But if you can see back in the background, like our little town is nestled in the mountains and then there's the mountain range behind it. And if you follow that road right there and then you turn, around that big mountain range and go way off that way. That's where my house is. It's right by a state park. And let me just tell you, I really didn't like it when I lived there. I couldn't wait to get out. It oppressed me. It smothered me, those mountains. I just wanted to go somewhere where there wasn't so many mountains, you know, where you could just drive without going like that. And I just wanted to breathe. I just wanted to be able to breathe. I wanted to be able to spread my wings, you know? And so I left. And now when I look at pictures like that, it just hurts my heart because I know that when I was living there, I didn't see it like that at all. I don't even remember growing up what the fall looked like which now is just literally gasp-worthy. The colors, the lushness. The, it's, it's protection now. When I go back, I see it as protection. It's warmth. It's home. But I didn't see it like that then. And isn't that the way that it is with our lives? When you're right in the middle of something, when you're there, when you're right there, you see it as something unwanted. I don't want this pain. I don't want this trouble. I don't want the hand that you've dealt me right now, God. But when we pull back in a year, in 10 years, we see it for the blessing that it was. And if you can't see it for the blessing, then you need to check yourself because everything can be all things work together, all things. Isaiah 55 8 and 9 says, my thoughts are nothing like your thoughts, says the Lord. 
And my ways are far beyond anything you could imagine. For just as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways. And my thoughts higher than your thoughts. So first we have yield. Second, we have perceive. Perceive means to notice or to see. And I just pray today that, you know, the scales would fall off our eyes, that we would really be able to see past what we want, be able to see past what the little life that we've so carefully built for ourselves and really see things the way God wants us to see them. And another word that you can put underneath perceive if you want um, perspective. So like perceive is like the verb and then perspective is like the noun part of it. Did you know that you were coming here for Grammar 101? But I love words and I love what they mean. And, to, and I kind of wanted to use both of them, but, um, but I ended up going with this. But, but anyway, the, the perception part, the perceiving just the way that we perceive our lives, the gifts we've been given, our tribulations, our setbacks, our victories. Those are a powerful rudder in your life. Your perception is a powerful rudder in your life. But God has perspective that he will give you if you ask. He has a perspective that we can't have unless we choose to see it his way. He has a vantage point that gives him an edge. He could look down on that picture And where I saw oppression, he saw roads that led to beauty. Hindsight is always 20-20, right? Um, A book that I read several years ago called Cold Tangerines, funny little name for a book, but um, it really was so timely in my life. And just, I had had three small children. Um, We had just... uh, came here to be, come here to be pastors. Um, there was just a lot of change, a lot of pressure, a lot of, um, I think I went into a depression. I'd lost my father and, um, and, and we'd lost two people in Aaron's life and Aaron's side of the family. And, um, life was just a little difficult, you know, and I feel like I kind of went into a hole. I kind of went into a dark place. And so some, some lovely friends of mine handed me this book and they're like, you just have to read it. You have to read it. I was like, like I have time, you know, but I read it and I cried. I cried through the whole entire book because it was such a lovely tool for me of opening my eyes and letting me see, like I said, the extraordinary in the ordinary, that there is nothing that could happen during the day that God doesn't have his fingerprint on, that God doesn't have a part of, that God can't use to, uh, to bless you, to bless someone else, to use you in. And there's a, there's a chapter called Blessings and Curses. And she writes this, there are things that explode into our lives and we call them curses. And then one day, a year later or 10 years later, we realize that they are actually something else. They are the very most precious kinds of blessings. Celebration when you think you're calling the shots, easy. Celebration when your plan is working, anyone can do that. But when what you see in front of you is so far outside of what you dreamed, but you have the belief, the boldness, and the courage to call it beautiful instead of calling it wrong, that is celebration. And that's what we, that's what makes us different. 
from those who aren't hooked up with Jesus. Your witness to the lost is how you behave and respond when things are not going good, not when everything's fine. That's not what they're looking for. They're looking for something different. So we have our foundation and we have the roof and the walls, which is our perceiving and our perspective. So what is left? There's only one thing left to do, and that is to go public with our life of thankfulness. We deliver what God has given us, that precious gift that he has given us of having a thankful heart, of having a thankful life. So we add our windows and we add our doors. And the windows and the doors, they go both ways, right? Because windows you can see out, but people can also see in. And that's scary, but the word says we will overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. We overcome by the word of our testimony. And we saw that at the women's conference last weekend, brave, brave ladies got up and spoke about things that were very difficult. But by allowing people to see a glimpse into their lives, others were inspired, others were uplifted, others were ignited to get up and do the same thing. And so we overcome by the word of our testimony. So we need to be public. We need to deliver. You need to tell someone the very word thankfulness means to express gratitude. And, and the word is very um, specific when it gives, us, um, it gives us just an outline for how to, how to behave and how to go along. Philippians 1.3 says, every time I think of you, I give thanks to my God. 1 Corinthians 1.4 says, I always thank my God for you and for the gracious gifts he has given you. This is my favorite right here. 1 Thessalonians 3.9 says, how we thank God for you. Because of you, we have great joy as we enter God's presence. I want somebody to say that about me. You know, I want to be that kind of person that helps people have great joy when they come into the presence of God. Stop being a Debbie Downer, okay? God is good, and he can take care of it. You know, let the joy of the Lord bubble up and be our strength. Ephesians 1.16 says, I have not stopped thanking God for you. I pray for you constantly. We express our gratitude. Aaron talked about in version, we have the live events. Now, I'm kind of a tech junkie. I love, if I see you out there putting your phone out and stuff, it's just all good with me, you know, because that's like the new amen, right? People don't say amen anymore. They're like, oh, that's good. I'm going to tweet that. And um, (laughs) so if you whipped your phone out, I don't know, you may be playing Angry Birds, but to me, I think you're saying she is good. Okay. So, um, so it's fine. But I thought we'd just start a little hashtag today of CIL gives thanks. So if you so choose to just be thankful today in public, if you choose to deliver your, your gratitude um, to God, to someone else, 
hashtag it so we can just kind of see what everybody else, you can even do that on Facebook. In fact, on YouVersion, if you scroll down um, under our event today, there's something called share this. And if you click on that, it pulls up a little box, an empty box, and you can write whatever you want and it'll hashtag it for you. See, we just make it so easy. But um, right now I just want you to stand up. Oh, and come up, man, I'm sorry. I was like, oh, I got a little carried away. Yeah, everybody stand up and the band stand up and come up. (laughs) What I want to do right now is just give you an opportunity. Um, We've got a few minutes. Thank God I did not go over this time because I'm, I don't know. I'm known to be a talker and... He put a mic in my hand, so I think he knew what he was getting into, but I'm, I'm very thankful that today I kept it in the realm that I was supposed to. But um, we have a few minutes, and I just want us to, together, you know, we're together, we're family. I want us to go public. I want us to deliver. I want us to take just a little bit of time today as Andrew leads us in this song to just pause We have communion available up here. We have the altar. Give thanks to God. Grab somebody and take communion with them and thank them and pray over their life. Get your phone out. Tweet, Facebook, text, make a note. I don't know, do something. But let's be expressive. Let's do what... I believe God wants us to do. You know, sometimes my kids will tell a joke and I'll be a little distracted and I don't laugh. And then they're like, mom, you didn't laugh. And I'm like, oh, well, I was laughing in here. And they're like, no, that's not good enough. <laughs> and that's not good enough. It's, it's one thing to feel gratitude in your heart, but it's another thing entirely to be bold enough to deliver that deliver it to God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Thank you, God, that in my dark places, on the windy roads, God, that you were there. You never left me. That my dark place and my windy road is so much better than any carefully constructed anything that I could build without you. Lord, we just offer up our thanks to you. Lord, I pray that you would fill these hearts with gratitude, Lord. I pray that you would let us notice. You would let us see, God, that we would be aware of the things in our lives. God, help us to be satisfied and content with your will, your purpose, your plan. God, we yield to you. We yield to you today, Lord. Bless our time together right now, God, as we step outside our comfort zones. Give us courage to express. Let us be your mouthpiece on this earth, Lord. We want to make you famous, God. Whatever tool we're given, we long to make you famous.